Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison. This is the destination for high performers. And we talk to people from a bunch of different fields. We've talked to athletes, CEOs, um, different people with um, different types of businesses that are all doing big things in their area or in their niche. And today is going to be very similar to that. Um, we've got a, a great guest. And, uh, and just before we jump into that, a couple of quick notes. Um, one is that if you've been listening to the podcast for a little bit um, one of our supporters jazz hr is um, you know is is helping organizations especially right now especially small to medium-sized businesses if you are starting to ramp things back up and trying to find the right people um, sometimes that can be hard for um, business leaders or managers that are trying to juggle all these things at the same time and jazz hr can help out with that they're an applicant tracking system but they do a lot more than that they help you schedule interviews they help you manage that process um, and also help you um, send your um, your job postings out as well. So so definitely take a look at that. Just go to our website, www.bigideabigmoves.com, and that is on there. And you'll uh, find a link. You can talk to Jazz and see if it makes sense for your business. Um, the other side is Epitome HR, and Epitome HR is helping organizations and helping individuals, um, in this case, with uh, helping build their profile. So if you are looking for a job, if you've been out of work, or if you just want a change right now, they can help look at your LinkedIn profiles, help maximize that, your resumes. And also they work a lot with the organizations that are hiring people. So they have a, a deep network, but also can show you what those organizations are looking for. So again, same same website, www.bigideabigmoves.com and, uh, and, and see if that fits for you as well. The last thing just before we go through here as well is that um, a quick shout out to Ella. Um, and she's in Australia, which is kind of cool because um, you know, if you've listened for a while, you know that I'm based in Canada. Um, and so uh, we've really seen a lot of kind of worldwide connections in the last little while. And, and she wrote on um, Apple Podcasts, um, gave us a five-star rating, which thank you very much, first of all, for that. But the other part is that she wrote, I love listening to Big Idea, Big Moves on my walks. It sets my brain on fire every time. And that's the kind of thing that we're really going for. So thanks, first of all, to Ella. Um, and, uh, and just kind of reminding everybody, give us feedback, um, whatever type of feedback that is, because it helps us make sure that we've got the right guests and that we've got the right people coming on. So thanks for listening. And, uh, um, you know, I know that today will be one of those episodes because we have uh, um, Simona Duran with us and she is a successful fashion entrepreneur, um, a Forbes 30 under 30, um, most influential in retail and e-commerce um, honoree, which is pretty cool. Um, and she's a digital media powerhouse, which you'll hear a little bit about as well. She built and leads uh, the indulgent streetwear brand Critics Clothing and has branched out to launch a digital media and a news company. It's Be Your Own. So you'll have to look that up as we go through today. Um, it's focused heavily on supporting and highlighting female entrepreneurs. Um, she has a podcast of her own, is a sought after speaker and is a media personality. So really happy to have her here today and, uh, and find out a little more about her. So, so welcome to the show, Samana. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. No problem. Um, uh, so, you know, one of the things is, is that um, we kind of look a little bit into, um, uh, into your kind of path and, and it's, uh, you know, you, you've got a lot of success at an early age, um, but I know it's even, um, you know, it wasn't kind of the intended piece when you first kind of started, started down the path. So why don't you work us through a little bit about, you know, how did, how did kind of critics clothing come about and, and also kind of your pathway to be your own as well? 
Yeah, sure, absolutely. So, yeah, once again, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, a little bit about my story. Well, I first moved to London when I was almost 21. And, sorry, not 21. I was actually a little bit over 18, actually. But I always wanted to be a TV presenter. And I was like, okay, how am I going to get my foot in the door with these big agencies and these big, you know, TV companies and media outlets when... I don't have the experience and I don't really have an agency. And so how am I going to get seen? But lo and behold, I managed to land a few good gigs. And one of the great gigs that I had was presented for a car rally, which took me basically all over the world, which I was very fortunate to have. And there were a lot of fun and I met some great connections and great people. And I'd gone over to, I was touring the West coast of the US. And I wasn't even 21. <laughs> and I remember sitting there with a group of friends that I'd met on the rally. And I was thinking, do you know what? This lifestyle is amazing. Like, I love the cars. I love, like, the great life. I love traveling. Everyone seems to have really great careers. And I was thinking, how, how am I going to get that? What's next for me? Because as much as I really love TV presenting, I just knew that it was a very fickle industry. Mm -hmm. and like I mentioned before, you know, you have to have that kind of connections and the, the, the experience to really get those bigger jobs. And I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to the UK. I'm going to launch something, put my name on it. And then whilst I'm building that, I can kind of return back to TV presenting at a later stage. And I also kind of really enjoyed being behind the scenes anyway. Um, for me, it was all about watching things come to life. Yeah. And that wasn't to say that I didn't enjoy it. It was just, for me, I just, I'm a, I'm a very visual person. Like I just love co like building concepts and then make, like making things happen. So I returned back to the UK and um, just before I was 22, I launched my streetwear label. And the reason why I chose streetwear was particularly because I was I, I was, and I still am very fond of casual loungewear. Mm -hmm. And I, I know it kind of goes really hand in hand as a, a model TV presenter to kind of launch a lingerie or swimwear line. And as much as a lot of the women that are out there are doing a fantastic job, I just felt that it wasn't for me. It wasn't something that I would market to the best of my ability. Yep. So um, I took all the connections that I had within the medium industry, everything that I'd built up and from you know, grime artists to people in the film industry, singers, singer-songwriters, artists. And I was just throwing these bits of clothing out, saying, listen, can you promote this? Can you do that? Can you stick it on Twitter? Because around that time, Instagram wasn't really that popular. Yeah. It was more so Twitter and Facebook that were really popular. And of course, I didn't really have much of a marketing budget, or should I say, actually, I really didn't have a big PR budget at all. It was... <laughs> word of mouth and just like, yeah. out there as much as possible and so um i thought you know what what i'm going to do is i'm going to interview these guests the, the, the people in the industry mm -hmm. at the same time that they're wearing the clothing and they have the press picture done we're going to interview them and then sell the, the the interview to the to the press outlet to get them in the news so they can talk about and plug whatever it is that they're doing but at the same time they have to be wearing the brand yeah so it was a 22 situation so it was almost like free PR because they needed the press they wanted to stay relevant and current with what they're talking about and what their you know what their latest single was mm -hmm. or is or product or whatever they're putting out and I just wanted the pictures with them in the garments so it was a free way to get it out there and you could I guess call it 
influence marketing before it was even really influence marketing. Yeah, I was going to say that um, it's, it's kind of the early stages of that because that's really what people kind of jumped on, especially with Instagram and things like that. But you've been, you were just doing it earlier, I guess, to launch your brand. Yeah, I just, I just, I didn't, I didn't really know any other way than just having that as a, as a, as a way to really get it out there and raise brand awareness. Mm -hmm. And so in 2014, I managed to get my first um, VC on board who backed the brand financially. And um, we, we got a PR company, a distribution and fulfillment company behind us. So before long, we was actually shipping to Canada, the US, all over Europe, um, over in um, eight Southeast Asia, like all over basically, mm -hmm. Australia. It's really, really taking off and really doing well. But we'd also built this community up, up as well that the women that we were interviewing just became really popular on within, within the brand. And so I created this movement called Be Your Own. Mm -hmm. And I could really see that the audience were just really connected with the women that we was interviewing because they were talking about music and they were talking about the creative industry, like how hard it was to get your foot in the door and just all, a, a lot of the challenges that guys in the music industry or film industry or media industry wouldn't really have to come across just yeah. based on gender. And so like I was watching this community becoming really engaged. I thought, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to give it its own hub. And that's exactly what we did. So in 2016, we actually launched Be Your Own as a project, more like a non-profit. And we just kept growing it and growing it and growing it. And I think it got to about 2017 or maybe early 2018. And I sat down with the business development team and they said, you know, we can really scale this. We can really grow this into its own platform and its own movement as a media company. And I thought, wow, okay, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. So we went from doing one interview every Monday, every month, to then doing one interview every Monday, every week. I think now we're doing content every single day. Our partnerships with, you know, different media outlets span, you know, 7.2 million outreach. Um, we've partnered with almost 100 female-centric brands, the female founded, or at yeah. least co-founded by one female. So it's just nice because we've now become this hub of inspiration for women in business. And it's all about sharing the knowledge, sharing the advice and the tips, and hopefully just leading the next generation of women in business and yeah. helping them to navigate their own way through their business journey. Yeah, I guess uh, that's that's the the piece that I really wanted to to hit on is how do you how do you see this? I mean, you're you're telling the stories, I guess. Um, but um, uh, what are some of the ways that you really are seeing this help um, you know new entrepreneurs or or um, women kind of that are are going through some of the things that you went through all, already is is that really the the crux of it is that they're they're giving them kind of almost a mentorship part of it or or what what do you see it as really being the biggest impact i think personally i mean we started off with a lot of macro influences so it was taking a lot of women who were really super well established and it was great because it, it just gave us so much brand awareness however for us now, it's more so about the macro influencer and giving them the voice and them the platform to speak about what it is that they do because they equally have so much power power as well. It's just mm -hmm. that they don't have as big as the other's platform to, to be able to spread their message and get their brand out there more so. Mm -hmm. So I think what is really nice is that we've got this combination of super successful women 
super established. Everybody knows about them having, you know, in, we've, we've interviewed women from Uprock, Sirius FM, ITV, BBC, like all yeah. different women in all different industry fields. And then you've got these women that I don't say are any less successful, but they're successful and proven within their own industry in their own, you know, in their own community. And you've got these fabulous women that are just giving so much advice and inspiration to others out there that are a, looking to start a business or they've started it and just need some guidance. Or we also have like the women that are so happy where they are that they just love being, you know, part of the brand and being part of the journey. And we just really love watching everybody come together. And from this, we've seen some really amazing collaborations, partnerships, people connecting with one another and starting new ventures and that's exactly what we like to see is women really flourishing and growing and just championing other women just to take it to the top really that's exactly what be your own stands for yeah very cool and and so you uh, because this this kind of came out of your own early entrepreneurial journey um do you think um you know where where did that come from for you there's obviously a passion in being able to kind of change the environment especially in some of those areas that maybe are um that women are treated differently um do you have personal experiences was that something that was difficult for you early on being a, a female entrepreneur i mean it's not something that i can talk about firsthand because i've never really suffered or you know, had any face uh, challenges faced just because I'm a woman in business. Yeah. Um, so, but I know that that, that happens every single day, mm-hmm. um, and it's unfortunate. And I do think that there needs to be more done for, for women in business that are going through that all the time. However, for me, it wasn't easy because when I moved to London, I didn't know anyone. I had two connections. One was in nightlife, and one was I forgot who my other friend was but yeah so actually no so I met I had one connection yeah. and the connection that I met later on through the nightlife friend he actually owned a really big um, clothing line a massive absolutely massive and slowly over time he started introducing me to people but even though he was brilliant and even to this day a lot of things wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for him connecting me in the right places he still kind of made me make those help not helped but i had to make those mistakes to be able to learn mm-hmm. without those mistakes it's like how are you able to grow how are you able to get to the next level and build that resilience and that tenacity that's needed as an entrepreneur but yeah. at the same time those mistakes can be very costly you, you can lose a lot of time from them um and you know it's, it's some of them are, they were very very hard lessons for me and I think that if I'd have had a bigger support network and I'd have had more people around me to offer that mentorship and that guidance before my um, investor came on board, mm-hmm. I just, I definitely wouldn't have made the mistakes that I did. And I think that that is, is so crucial and so paramount for women in, in business who really want to be successful, that they surround themselves and they get that guidance and they don't be, they're not afraid to ask the questions, you know, and that, yeah. that is, is exactly what we're putting out there, that it doesn't matter what you're doing, as long as you're the best at it and you're happy with yourself and you're staying true to what you believe in, just go for it and just take the, take the risk and take the challenge and be your own person. 
You, you mentioned resiliency and tenacity and, and your statement right there kind of does show that um, you've, you've probably had to go through a lot more because you don't, didn't have maybe some of those um, uh, supports. Uh, does it come through, you, you mentioned kind of failures and things like that for you, is that where it comes from? Is it more of a, um, you're just kind of heavily motivated to be able to succeed? Where, where do you think that those two kind of traits come from, from for you personally? I think if I if I'm really to reflect back when I was younger, I mean, I've had one corporate job. I say corporate, it's not really corporate, but I've had one proper job, and I worked in McDonald's, and it was the best. Don't get me wrong, it was the best summer job. It taught me a lot. I, I made some amazing friends. It was amazing, but I knew that I was not going to work for a corporate company. I I can't listen to other people. I can't take direction. I get bored <laughs> very easy, and when I was younger, my I would say entrepreneurial streak was heavily encouraged by my grandparents and my dad, you know, who often worked away. But I was always out with the car boot sales and just, you know, selling things and being a pot washer in the local restaurant where I lived. And I think that like a lot of the way that I am now has kind of stemmed from that. Just, I've had to kind of go through a lot being so young moving to london coming from such a tiny rural town mm-hmm. you know you're you go into you go to london and it's just completely different as a city and i was on my own i had to make my own rent i had to pay my own bills i didn't i didn't know anyone so i did make a lot of mistakes and i'm still making mistakes today and would i class them as failures i mean some people may do. I mean, I personally don't because I'm not really a, a huge fan of that word anyway. I think that they're only, they're only lessons. Mm-hmm. But I've done a few things wrong. And, and I definitely think that, like I said, if I had the support network around me, that I, I wouldn't have made those terrible decisions. But I, I needed them to be able to pick myself up and think, okay, that's gone wrong. It didn't go to plan. You know, it's not, it's never easy being an entrepreneur anyway, yeah. but just waking up and saying, okay, I've got this. I'm going to have to go full steam ahead because there is no other option. There is no plan B. There is no, okay, I'll just go back to my nine to five because, oh, well, it's been over 10 years, way over 10 years <laughs> um, since I've had a job. So what yeah. would I do? I, I have to, I have to keep it moving. I have to keep going. Uh, so what, um, when you, you've obviously had to kind of build that resiliency and build those things over time. Um, what do you see as, you know, for, your, for yourself in particular, um, you've, you've had to build things through leadership lessons or, or different kind of lessons. Um, but what is, what is success to you? I mean, do you feel successful today or is it that, um, I mean, you're still very young, so it's kind of like you see, you probably see what you have to do for the next little while. Um, what is success to you? How, how would you feel? Uh, why, when will you know when you get there? That's a very hard one. Um, that's, that's so tough because <laughs> what, do we de- what do we define as success? I mean, I guess I'm redefining my own success every single day, just making sure that I'm happy. I have a roof over my head. I have a hot shower, food. I can smoke. I can drink when I want. I mean, not, you know, and I can, I can have a coffee when I want. Like those things to me, they're very simple pleasures of life. But 
So long as I've got those things, like I believe I am successful and seeing my friends and family around me happy, like those things, I don't measure success by monetary value. Like it's not about the money. It's never been about what's in the bank for me. Like just knowing that the women I get to work with every single day and that we help and we hear great testimonies and we see women connect and, and come back and say, oh my goodness, we worked with the, with the Be Your Own brand and the man really helped with this and she connected us there and she gave us a platform to talk about that. That is enough for me and I'm so happy when I see that. So that I guess that would be my success. Yeah, yeah. And um, when you... Um when you started, you, you had mentioned that you didn't have, you didn't have a huge network. You didn't have all those things. Obviously a big skill for you is building networks and building that. Um, how did you do that early on when, you know, it, it probably just takes a whole lot of guts to go out and, and ask people certain things. Is that what it is? Was it something else? Uh, you know, how did, how did you connect with some of these people that, that helped you as influencers to be able to build your brand? I would definitely say when I was younger, I was a lot more, I was like a raging bull in a china shop. Always, like, I'm still very hungry right now. Like I'm very passionate. I'm very, you know, I'm very driven. I'm very motivated. But I, I, I look at the pros and cons of things a lot more than uh, when I did back then. And I would always, you know, go full steam ahead. Get me this contact. Do this. Like, have you got this? And I would constantly be hustling. I mean, I love that word because I, I do love hustle culture. And I mean, I, I definitely gave a couple of my friends like the headaches about stuff. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, as I've got older, I'm a lot more introverted. I enjoy my space. I'm, you know, I don't really, I'm not one of those people that would be at the opening of every envelope. I only go to an event when I need to be, or if I'm being paid to do something. Um, I don't just turn up for the sake of it, but a lot of when I was younger, I was, you know, out in the clubs in London, I would be at certain places that I knew that other people were going to be at because I had to be at the forefront. There was no one else that was going to put my brand out there other than myself. And if I wasn't repping my brand and I was not talking about my brand, how can I expect anybody else to be? So right. that for me was, I had to force myself out of my comfort zone because I, I mean, I was still quite quiet, but I kind of hid a lot behind my brand. And I suppose even now, sometimes I do, but I would just, just not take no for an answer and just be, just hustle people and say like, I need this contact. Like <laughs> you're going to put me in touch with that person. It's not a question of if it's just a question of when. Yeah. I, and I actually like that you, you talk about the hiding behind your brand because there are probably a lot of people who are introverted that, um, that also might use that as a bit of a tactic that it is different than having to put yourself out there as much you're putting your brand out there and having to use that as the face and and it might make it actually more comfortable for some people that maybe don't don't automatically have that um comfort zone with being able to go out and talk to people that way mm, yeah and i i think there's a lot to be said in just being content with yourself um mm. and it's quite interesting over the lockdown period where people were just posting content just to post content. Yeah. I'm a person who's always been about quality rather than quantity anyway. So yeah. keep flooding, if you're keeping flooding people with like content and pictures and this all the time, it just really dilutes what you have to say and your brand value and your brand message, which is why when I do shoot content or when I do put things out on my socials, they're always to do really with the brand. They're not really about my stuff. I, 
I hardly ever talk about personal things because that's one aspect of my life that that's for me. Like I have my business, I have my things, but family, friends, personal life, like I don't really divulge too much into that. And I'm quite happy just hiding behind the brand and just putting that at the forefront because I suppose that's like a safety buffer in a way because I feel like I, w I don't like to be overexposed. I don't like to be, you know, I don't need to be out there all the time. And fair play to people that are, I think that's brilliant. But if they've got something worthwhile to say and, and they're contributing something of value, but a lot of the time now on social media, what we're seeing is just an oversaturated market of just people flooding our feeds. I mean, I don't really follow that many people to be honest, but when yeah. I do go on, all I can see is just products, 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 like sell, 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 or people just putting ridiculously stupid captions that just have nothing to do with the photo. And I, I just think it's just strange for me. Yeah, and it hap and you're right that I, I think it's exacerbated the last little while because I, I think everybody has thought while we're quarantined, you just have to have to create and create and create and everybody is just throwing stuff out there, as you said, and, and um, you know, there's something to be said about value because we're probably also getting to the point where now where people are getting um, um, a little bit fatigued with how much they're getting and, uh, you know, and, and the quality part is, has has suddenly become more important again. So, um, which I think is a good thing. So, um, you know, we, um, it, it, people listening here are going to be, I mean, we've got people from all walks of life, but they're, they're all people who are either kind of what people might see as high performers or people wanting to be able to take some of those techniques. Um, it'd be interesting to know. Um, and I know this is, this is kind of a personal thing, I guess, but, but your, your own kind of routine routine, like what does a day in the life look like for you? Because, um, you know, you've, you've got a busy schedule, I'm sure, but, but are you, uh, um, some people say the whole thing about, I get up really early and I do my own personal stuff early and other people, it's the opposite. What, what's that for you, Samara? Um, I mean, it does kind of does switch up from time to time, especially if I'm traveling or I'm away from home. Um, but I would definitely say I, I wake, I tend to wake up around six, seven. Sometimes I can sleep in a little bit longer till like half seven, eight o'clock. Um, but I'm a, I'm a really terrible light sleeper. So it's always very difficult for me to sleep anyway. So I'm usually yeah. up you know taking the dog out checking the socials that everything's gone out on time if there's anything that needs to be amended any links um or just anything in general with the, the content that we've put out i have to make sure that i'm you know easily contactable by my team just mm -hmm. to review things um and I, I i would like to say that for the first I'd say third of my day it is self-care in a way but that's only because I you know I work out take the dog out I prep for the day mm -hmm. uh, I have a look at the agenda I see what's going on and then towards you know 12 till 2 I check in with some friends I you know just have a little break I read I listen to a lot of audio books and podcasts throughout the day and a lot of music and I don't usually wrap up anything until maybe six, seven, eight o'clock. Sometimes it can be later. Sometimes yeah. I can be up until like 11. But I'm, I'm never usually asleep before one or two o'clock. It would be very, very rare. I might be in bed, but I'm... Wow. Just, I'm just, 
<laughs> that's that's not a lot of sleep either. So, <laughs> but it's strange because some people can get into bed and just lie there and then fall asleep. And I'm yeah. like, well, if I'm not tired, I can't just lie in bed. So, and it's really difficult. So, I, I'd much rather be up and be productive than just sitting in bed thinking, okay, staring at the ceiling, like, okay, when am I going to fall asleep? Um, but I do get to a stage, um, maybe after like six to eight weeks of continuously just living off of like no more than six or seven hours sleep yeah. I, you know might crash one weekend and just yeah. the whole weekend i'm just like moving your body lets you know and it's just crash yeah. for that time eh? absolutely and i love it because okay. I, it's very rare that i can like sleep all the way through so i make the most of it when i can <laughs> Wow. Well, that's, that's really interesting. Cause, uh, and thank you for being really open about that. Cause I think a lot of people, a lot of people make the assumptions that it's all very regimented for people. And, and I, I really think in most of the people we've talked to, it's been very different kind of how they structure their day and uh, probably even more so now because they're um, for a lot of people, there seems to be a lot more flexibility in what their day looks like. So, um, uh, so that's important. Um, so you are obviously a, a really strong brand builder. You've, built a personal brand you've built a clothing brand and now you've also built a um you know a, a brand around um um you know this this whole kind of um almost a non-profit style of uh you know helping move a movement forward so if if somebody's at home right now and and um you know is thinking okay i've uh, i really want to build whether it's a, a personal brand or a, a brand for a, a new venture that they have um, are there two to three things that you could kind of think of that would be good steps they could do kind of right away? You know, how do they how do they start that process that maybe if they're sitting at home thinking what couple of things they could do today? Um, what what would you um, suggest for them? I would say. First things first, have a look at someone that you really admire, look at someone that you find inspirational and look at what they're doing and how they're getting it right and, and understand why it is that you find them so like attractive in terms of what lures you into them, why have they hooked you in? And if it's possible, I don't say replicate, um, you don't copy what they're doing, but you could kind of like, like incorporate that style that they have into your like socials for sure. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say, look 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 at your theme like what is this is actually quite interesting because i haven't i haven't actually been asked these questions well good so, good that's the whole point that's i'm glad so really actually i'll have to turn off chat now so the first <laughs> thing i would say is, is to definitely look at someone that you admire um see what they're doing right and see if it's something that you could apply to your own mm -hmm. and then i would look at your own personal ethos and what you stand by and make sure that that's very transparent in everything you do because there's no good promoting vegan brands and sustainability if yeah. you don't really live by them so make sure that your personal ethos matches like your brand and everything that you stand by and then i will also say look at your um your branding in terms of the logo colors that you're using um the fonts that, you, that you're using as well that's very very important if you're a media company or if you're a you know luxury lifestyle brand like it's all to do with the, the brand that you build like the logo that you have the colors that you choose like that's got to be like a running theme that's very current like and, and it's flowing through the brand all the time so yeah. you can't keep changing it from like you know if you look at like 
virgin, for example, that yep. always that jungle red if you look at Cadbury's they've got their own pant on but it's always that purple so make sure that that brand that color is constantly woven in all the time to keep it consistent so people can associate your brand with that color wow yeah I, I mean that's that's really practical advice so thank you so much for that because um, you know I, I, I think uh, you know, you've obviously got it down pat so it's uh, you know just things like that will be make a huge impact to a lot of people that I know listen to this podcast so thank you so much for that um, I, I will tell you this has been an awesome conversation and hopefully we can do it again sometime how do if people want to look into kind of your information your organization's information what are the best ways to do that Simone? So if you fancy giving me a follow personally, it's at Samana Duran, all one word. Um, and then we've also got the brand as well, which is Be Your Own. That's all one word, but Be Your Own UK. The same on Twitter as well, and the same on Facebook, the same on LinkedIn. Um, though I've exceeded my own connections, so you can't connect with me, I'm afraid. However, yeah. <laughs> however... So you can, can follow. <laughs> you can follow. Um, but... Yeah, and um, we also have the podcast as well, which is the Be Your Own podcast hosted by myself. And then you can just check us out online if you want to read any articles or you feel like you need that little bit of inspiration. Guys as well, because it's interesting, but we don't only just appeal to, to women. We have a lot of guys that will listen in. We have a lot of guys that will actually read um, online with us as well. So, so yeah, yeah org. Cool. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's important for everyone listening to know is that um, you know, you're, you're getting business advice. It may have a slant that way, but it's, boy, it's, it's great advice anyway. I mean, a good example is your branding advice. That doesn't matter if you're male or female or anything else. So, um, so that's awesome. Um, so anybody who's listening, you know that we've had some fantastic guests over the last little while. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now. Make sure you hit that pod, uh, that subscribe button. The other thing is, um, you know, take a look at us on Instagram. Um, we've been kind of building up that following the last little while. And so it's at big idea underscore big moves. Um, so definitely do that. Um, we will have all of the information um, from this episode on the show notes. So if you want to go in there and, and connect with um, Samana's uh, information or any of those different pieces that she just talked about, we'll make sure that those are on there as well. So click those links and, and give them a follow as well. Uh, again, last time, thank you very much, uh, Samana, for showing, uh, showing up today. Um, it's been um, helpful and, and it's been a great conversation. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's, it's truly been a pleasure. Great. Okay, and we will uh, talk to everybody again on Big Idea, Big Moves. Bye.